We give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Welcome, dear listener, to this promising session of the New Life Program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Lydia Cheng is on standby with the Family Life segment. Today, she will talk about pockets of time together. Pastor Stanton Nuthaspoon will also be joining us during the Bible session to talk about God has already been there. Crossroads singers will start us off with the song Alilala Pimbeni. Enjoy. <laughs> Hatua, 
Radio, the voice of hope. It is now time for the family of segment. Join me as I welcome Lydia Ching. Be blessed. listener welcome to today's family life program today's topic is pockets of time together let us pray before we begin 
Lord, thank you so much for this marriage message. We pray that it may be of help to our marriages, that we may build strong marriages and happy marriages that are pleasing before your eyes. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. A question was posed to us. How do we fit time in with each other after we marry and especially when we have kids? There are so many demands on our time. That's a tough one because most of us struggle with that dilemma at some point and sometimes continually. We sure do. As we told them and others, there's no pat answer. We all go through busy seasons and what we need to do to still grow our relationship can be quite different. But when the season pushes off from one season into another and then another and another with no end in sight, beware. Something is amiss. Some adjustments will need to be made somewhere because too much busyness over the long run can create chaos and cause real and unhealthiness to develop within the marriage. Make the time. We need to make time for each other. That's the dynamics of what we call a relationship. We aren't to be shifts that just pass each other while we're on the run. There needs to be a true connection, and in a marriage, it needs to be a heart-to-heart connection. So sometimes we cut certain things out or quit them. Sometimes we cut back on this or that, which we can. Other times it's a matter of learning to say no when we should, and sometimes it's a time and or people management thing. One thought occurs to me as I write this is something I had a long time ago. If you're too busy to be kind, then you're too busy. And that's true. It's easy to get short and sometimes just plain inconsiderate and mean with each other when things get too hectic, and that should never be. As we are told in Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 through 14, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all this put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We can't do it all. It's like what we told this couple. Just because you can do something and just because you want to do something, it doesn't mean that you should. That's especially true when it leads to us being unkind. We live in a world where we have so many choices to do a lot of fun and great things and many not so great things. But even Jesus didn't keep going on tirelessly. When he was on earth, He took time to push away at times to spend time with God and family and friends and to rest when it was needed. It's healthy, particularly for our marriages and family life, to choose the best and leave the rest. That's not just a clever saying, it is also the truth. We can't and shouldn't do it all. If we try to do so, we eventually burn out and our relationships are left wanting, if they're still around after a long stretch where they've been neglected. On that note, here are a few quotes you might find enlightening that we had previously posted on the Marriage Missions website. They are Marriage is an anchor for your family. So investing in your marriage is investing in your family. Carve out time for two. For example, every day grab 5 or 10 minutes when you can touch base with each other. Share a cup of tea, plan regular dates or walk and talk. Um couples need to make the most of little opportunities even if it's only 10 to 20 minutes here or there. If couples wait for the semi annual vacation trip to connect, they will drift apart. 2 weeks a year is not enough to gather time. To keep their marriage healthy, couples need to connect every day. That's what we told this couple. 
Sometimes when it's a busier season, even pockets of time that you make for each other by shoving aside this or that is better than spending no quality time together at all. And by doing so, you can hang on for a while if you're both focused on believing that this is what is best for the goal you are reaching for during that season of your life together. But it's difficult for a relationship to grow richer on a steady, long-term diet of tidbits and leftovers. Eventually, we crave more, and in reality, we should. After all, why get married if you intend on making everything and everyone else more of a priority than the one you vowed before God to love, honor, and cherish for the rest of your lives together? Are you really cherishing your spouse if you consistently aren't spending quality time with him or her? It's hard to say no to a crying baby. But as your children get a little older, don't be afraid to tell them it's mommy and daddy time right now. It's also important to set boundaries for yourselves. It's too easy to give your best time and energy away to everyone and everything else other than your spouse. Let the dishes sit in the sink for a few minutes and carve out some time to reconnect with one another. Plan a daily sharing time with your spouse. Couples who have a sit-down, look-at-me-let's-talk time each day have a higher level of intimacy than those couples who simply talk whenever and whatever. So what do you talk about in this daily sharing time? Just keep it simple. Here's another idea. Steve and I usually ask each other the following three questions each day. Did anything positive or exciting happen to you today? Did anything sad or disappointing happen today? What did God show you new today? Spend time with friends, but never forget your first love. Your spouse must take top priority, though this shouldn't minimize the significance of friends. Don't ignore friendships, and more importantly, don't ignore God or your spouse. Friendship is special. Keep it that way, and don't let friends undermine your character or your marriage. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you. We appreciate those who have given us their thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, PO Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ak.adventist.org. Here's a song, Mkombozi, by Crossroad Singers. Come, see, go, and 
that you've been looking forward to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Persistent. Hello and a very warm welcome again. We are here at the feet of Jesus. And today we're going to look at Another great battle of the Bible. And we're going to look at it from 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6 to 7. There, we find four leopards and an army in a battle. Let us pray. Eternal Father in heaven, we thank you again that we can come before thy throne of grace to listen to your word, to be energized, equipped, and inspired throughout our day. We pray, Father, that you speak to our hearts and you help us in our own weaknesses. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Great Battles of the Bible And today, we are looking at four leopards and an army from 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6 to 7. I read for your hearing. For the Lord has caused the Aramites' army to hear the sound of the chariots, and the sound of horses, and the sound of a great army. They had said to one another, The king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come and fight against us. Verse 7. So the Aramans set out and fled during the twilight and left their tents horses, and donkeys, even left the camp just as it was and fled for their lives. Times are hard in Samaria. They have been besieged by the Aramids and there is farming. The situation is so grim that women are cooking and eating their own children and because of this the king is furious and he wants Elisha the prophet killed because he says this evil situation is from God. Therefore, God uses four leopards to win the war against the Aramites' army. Leopards were outcasts. No one wanted to associate with them. In fact, they were not even allowed in a city and yet because and yet God uses them to, to bring victory to the city. They were caught in between the Israelites and the Aramites army that has besieged the city. God can use anything and transform anything to get something. There are times we feel like outcasts in our lives. Like no one wants us and no one wants to see us and no one values us as us. Our opinion or word is not valued. And we have no voice in a say or in a congregation to say something. Even in such circumstances, God can use us. I love it that the four lepers took this action upon themselves. 
they said to one another, Why should we sit here and we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the farming is in the city and we will also die there. And if we sit here, we will die here also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of, of the Syrians. If they let us live, we will live. And if they kill us, we will only die. My dear friend, because these lepers took the courage to do something, God uses them by magnifying their steps to sound like a mighty army, horses and chariots. On hearing this army sound, the Syrian army is terrified and they ran for their lives leaving their supplies behind and everything they left behind. I hope you're getting the picture, my dear friend. The children of Israel has been besieged. Their supply route is cut off by the Syrian army. No food is coming into the camp of the Israelites. Now, because of no food, people are now killing their children and eating humans. What to do? The king of Israel is even angry. Call for me, Elisha the prophet. Elisha, what is going on? Your God has turned his back on us. There's no food. The Syrian has blocked our route of passage. There's no food coming to the camp. What shall we do? Now God used four lepers to deliver his children. Now these four lepers, because lepers were outcasts, they were cast out of the, the camps or out of the cities. These lepers were cast out of the camp of the Israelites. So they were situated between the Israelites on the left, the Syrians on the right, and they were in between. So this was what they said to themselves. Hey, considering all of these things, we don't have food. If we go to our friends so, or we go home to, to the Israelites, we're going to die because there's no food. If we sit down here, we're also going to die and there's no food. But there's food in the camp of the Syrians. I challenge each and every one of us as lepers. Let's take that step. Let's take that courage and go to that camp. If they kill us, fine, we'll die. We'll still die after all. But what if they don't kill us? We'll have food and we'll live. Let's take this step. So these four lepers took the step as they were moving towards the camp of the Syrian. As our Bible text tells us, in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6 to, to 7. For the Lord calls the Syrian army to hear the sound of chariots and the sound of horses and the sound of a great army. They had said to one another, The king of Israel had hired against us the kings of, of the Hittites, the kings of, of the Egyptians, to come and fight against us. So the Syrians set out and fled during the twilight. And left their tents, their horses and donkeys, even left the camps just as it was, and fled for their lives. At the sound of these four leopards coming. My dear friend, what I love most in this story is how the four leopards came upon this situation. They go back to tell the king the situation. So these lepers come to reach to the camp of the Syrians, see that the Syrians had fled the entire camp. And they are happy. First thing they did, they ate. Now, they went back to the camp of the Israelites to tell the king about the situation. Though they were outcasts, they did not keep it to themselves. 
They were not selfish. A whole nation is saved because of four outcasts who were willing to take a risk and to do something. I say to you today, my brother and my sister, God can use you today to bring deliverance to a whole nation if only you believe and obey him. Like the four leopards, they took the courage. If we go to the camp, we will die. There's farming. There's no food. If we stay here, we will also die. And if we go to the camp of our enemies, if they spare us, yes, we'll live. And if they kill us, yes, we'll die. So they took that courage. And this is the lesson I have for you today, my brother and my sister. In every situation we find ourselves, God can use us to deliver an entire nation. That's one. And God has already been in our tomorrow. God has already been in our tomorrow even before we can even reach to our tomorrow. God had already delivered the children of Israel even before the four lepers had reached the camp of the Syrian. God has already been there in our lives. May this be our prayer. And may this be our hope that God will already be in our future preparing us for his soon coming. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been nice having your company. In case you have any views, comments, or questions about this show, please send them to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 422-76-00-100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Until next time, I've been a presenter, host, and friend, Samuel Mangi. Till then, stay safe, stay blessed.
Let's go on. 